this uh, text this morning is an end times text. As I said, it was coming uh, from Daniel 12. Just want to go back to verse 1. At that time shall arise Michael, the great prince who has charge of your people, and there shall be a time of trouble such as never has been since there was a nation till that time. But at that time, your people shall be delivered, everyone whose name shall be found written in the book. Uh, this is our text. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, when I was thinking of this, uh, there's a, uh, an unexpected thing about it. It's kind of like um, movie rescues. I mean, if you've watched movies, uh, the good ones, mind you, because the bad ones always end with everybody dead. I don't like those movies. But uh, the, the good movies, they always uh, leave you with this um, expectation of uh, an impossible, unexpected rescue that's going to come at the end. Uh, it could be, you know, like the old westerns with a a trick shot or the cavalry over the mountains or the uh, it's, something happens in the nick of time and the impossible shows up, the, some hero shows up from nowhere. You know what I'm talking about. That's movies. But see, the thing is about this is there's always, if you, if you like those kind of movies, there's always an expectation that somebody somehow, some way is going to rescue everybody. And, and uh, uh, this is the way this passage from Daniel works. Uh, I don't know what, how much you know about Daniel, but he's, uh, uh, I suppose, uh, seeing the need for himself for a rescuer. Uh, and he knows there's one coming because this is the way he's talking. He's in Babylon still. He was taken uh, a, a long time before this uh, vision he sees. Uh, from Jerusalem, and he's existed in Babylon for a good long time, first with Nebuchadnezzar, and then a couple of Darius kings of the Medes, and then, uh, and now um, we're told earlier on in this text that this is a couple of years into Cyrus the Persian's reign, uh, and if you'll remember, Isaiah, in one of his visions, names Cyrus the king as the one who will send his people home. Uh, 70 years later, he's not even alive yet, and God names him anyway, which I always thought was kind of impressive. Uh, so here's Cyrus. His people, Daniels, are about to go home soon, but in the meantime, they have to survive this <laughs> change of state, you might say, uh, from the Medes to the Persians, because there's always a bunch of uh, conquering stuff going on, and stuff gets wrecked, and people get blown up, and uh, you know, it's a pretty unpleasant process, and, and that's what's about to happen, or they're about to go through it, and, uh, and he has this vision. He's seeing the end of days, which, you know, which cannot be a comfort if you're standing at the edge of a, of a battle, uh, and, and things have uh, been difficult for Daniel's people for a good long time. Seeing the end of days might make you a little uncomfortable. Uh, and, and on top of that, uh, Daniel uh, is told that this is going to be a time of trouble like there's never been before. The time of trouble will be, uh, it says, such as never has been since there was a nation until this time, whatever that time is. 
which is also, you know, a bit of concern because how bad can it get? I've, you know, you've looked at the world, you've lived here a while, things get uncomfortable here uh, with wars and rumors of wars like uh, Mark is talking about in, uh, out of Jesus' mouth uh, and earthquakes and famines and all that other stuff, signs of the end times. And you never know when it's going to actually happen because Jesus said, I don't even know when it's going to happen, and, and, but it's going to happen. So you know it's going to happen. And, and uh, it's nervy. I don't know how Daniel's feeling about this. I would suppose he's concerned like everybody else is. But fear is normal in times like this. And the end, as he pictures it, uh, would be fearful for everybody. Now, we don't know ourselves when that end of time will come. As I said, uh, Jesus himself said he didn't know when. Uh, the, the, the problem is, uh, for, for us, as we sit here in this room in relative peace, and there's not a lot of horrible, horrible stuff going on around us, it, it, it could be a little bit less urgent than it ought to be in your hearts and minds. Uh, I know it's like that for me, because it seems so far away. Uh, well, how far away can it be if Daniel saw it? You know, because he's a long time ago already. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's soon. We're told that it's soon, that we're supposed to be urgent about this, that we're supposed to be awake to it, that we're supposed to hold on to Jesus with all our might, that we're supposed to be awake and prepared and a whole bunch of other words like that, and, and we don't often feel it. But we know it's coming. In times of trouble, even anticipating trouble, whatever your circumstances are, there is fear involved. Uh, and you have the usual kinds of troubles that everybody has. Uh, you know, it's money and family and legal problems and uh, who's going to pay for the car payment and, uh, well, you know how things go. Uh, anybody here have any health problems? Does anybody not have any health problems? Oh. I mean, this is uh, stuff we face every day, and it scares us. Uh, being afraid, it does stuff to us. Uh, and, and one of the things that it does is it makes us not particularly focused on the rescuer that we know is coming as well. Uh, because uh, it's a lot easier, or rather, a lot more obvious to do whatever you have to do to avoid the tragedies. And, and the problem is being human beings and being sinful human beings and being distracted human beings, a lot of times avoiding trouble gets us to sin. And that is a problem because we're not looking at the trouble uh, as a, a reason for the rescuer to come. Most of us hope will miss the final horror, the one that Daniel's talking about, the end times. Uh, and and uh, well, I know if uh, I can speak for you to some extent because there's probably been days when you look up at heaven and say, get me out of here. You mean you want Jesus to come. Huh? Uh, but you don't want to go through the, the hard stuff <laughs> to get there. Huh? It's likely, though, that even if you miss that end of days tragedy, you're probably going to face death before that. Uh, and uh, that is something that maybe uh, you don't want either. 
and, uh, and it also brings its own share of fear and difficulty and facing death and anticipating it is full of the kind of fear that again causes you trying to avoid it and you do all kinds of things to keep your health intact uh, and uh, because of that fear of death and sometimes that leads also to sinfulness. It's just being sinners. Considering the wages of sin, which is death. And considering also that sin brings the inevitable day of trouble, uh, the, the one that has to do with condemnation and uh, anticipating that is fearful and sometimes very urgent. And for some reason that makes us not think about the urgency of the rescuer. Even still, I'm, I'm asking you today to take heart to be courageous, to be bold in this world with urgency and with comfort. Because that day is inevitable. And as always, the part that is difficult here is that there are a couple of messages uh, that are wrapped up in this end times discussion. Uh, they're always the same two. Uh, the first one I talked to already is, is that there will be a very distinctly bad day probably a number of days, uh, like it's never been so bad, and that is yet to look forward to. Uh, since I know uh, that urgency seems like that's all far away, uh, the, the other thing that is going to come, if it, even if it is far away, is you still have to face your own mortality, and uh, you were gonna face your death, and that is unavoidable too. Uh, if you're with me on this, that seems horrible, right? I mean, that's kind of bad. Uh, so why does God tell you that? See, this is one of the great difficulties. Why does God want you to be scared to pieces all the time? Well, take my word for it. That's not exactly his full goal. That might be a little piece of it. There is that bit in the first chapter of Proverbs that fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Uh, so, I mean, there is wisdom in fearing God and fearing the, the inevitable difficulties of sinfulness, uh, but it is only the beginning. There is more. And in mortal fear and urgency, your father wants you to hang on urgently to your rescuer, to Christ, the one who died for you, the one who came to life for you, the one who uh, put into your saved soul the comfort of the book of life, the one who sent you the Holy Spirit to believe in such things. Daniel mentions that your name shall be found written in the book. Well, he means the book of life. That's a different name, but it's the same thing. Uh, your, your name... The comfort of that book of life is that your name is in it. It's been promised to you by your Lord and Savior. Uh, and, and that connection to the book of life with your name in it is your everlasting life that has been promised to you. Now there is urgency in remembering these things because there is the urgency of the danger. The urgency of the fear So you should have that same urgency for your Savior to protect you, to care for you, to remember that you've been promised these things and in those things there's comfort and peace. 
if you hear this whole vision to Daniel, and, it, and it's pretty long, uh, it goes on, it's most of chapter 11 and most of chapter 12, it's a pretty long vision. You're going to see something interesting, though. You see uh, lasting comfort in these things because who's doing the talking? Um, who is protecting you to the end? It's wrapped up in this vision. The, the first thing is, and Daniel may not have understood this directly because he'd never seen it before, but you will recognize that the one who's giving him this vision is the one that was at the top of the Mount of Transfiguration, all glorified and wonderful. It, it, it talks about his, uh, the appearance of this man who is speaking to him uh, all bright and shiny and white and, and his skin like burnished bronze. I mean, you know, these, these are the things that you will remember from that vision at the Mount of Transfiguration. Also, you folks that went through Revelation with me will recognize Jesus in this several times. This is the way he presents himself. Now, Jesus hasn't been on earth yet, but here he is speaking to Daniel. That's the image, that glory. He's the one that's bringing this message, not only of a hard time, but also of the book of life. He also mentions Michael here. Now, Michael's pretty busy. Uh, he's mentioned by Daniel several times, but uh, you, you need to know who Michael is if you've forgotten. Uh, he is the archangel. Uh, who is the captain of the heavenly host. And when I say host, I don't mean it's party time. I'm talking about the armies of the heavenly angels. They belong under the leadership of their captain, who is Michael, the archangel. He is here too. He is said here that he is the one, the great prince that is over your people, over the people of God. He has always been so. He's your protector along with the heavenly host. Now, what could go wrong? Uh, and, and the one who's bringing this vision is your savior. What could go wrong? This is the power of what has been presented here. Nothing is greater than these promises. Nothing is greater than this eternal salvation. There is where your urgency should lie. There is your comfort. There is your peace. I like this Michael guy. Always thought he was pretty cool. Um, he's kind of like a, 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 a biblical superhero. It's the perfect kind of rescuer that you might be looking for here. I like his name too because it's, it's a Hebrew name and it means something. Uh, it, it's taken two ways by the guys who translate this stuff. Uh, the first way is a question. Uh, who is like God? Well, that's an easy one. Nobody's like God. <laughs> At least not all the way to the margins. But uh, the, uh, the other, the other uh, option here in translation uh, brings to the mind another possibility, and that is that Michael means one who is like God. And, and uh, the thing that's interesting about that is Michael isn't like Jesus all the way to the ends of the, uh, the possibilities there, but he is powerful. He is glorious. He is the captain of the heavenly host. He is still the one who's protecting you. Still. Uh, and uh, you can't really see him, but you can know him and you can know that he's watching over you. And also, even if he is the captain of the heavenly host, even if he is your champion in the, the, the realm of demons and, and angels, uh, there's something else here. 
and that's his boss. <laughs> his boss is the Lord God Almighty, and especially as he's presented in this book of Daniel, this glorified man who has come into the world, who is your savior, who is the Christ, who died to take away all your sins, so you are forgiven everything that could go wrong. Uh, he is also the one who rose from the dead so that you would know that everything that he did, everything that he said was true and powerful and promised of God, not just something that some person did. And also that you have eternal life already started in him. This is the, the picture that Daniel wants you to see. This is the picture that you should see whenever there's a discussion of end times and all the horrible things that lie before us, even your own mortality when it stares you in the face, whatever fear that brings, your urgency should be on your rescuer, your savior, your Christ. Because that is where your hope is. That is where your comfort is. And finally, also that is where your peace is. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.